Blog Talk Radio. Welcome aboard the hemp train of thought, that is. Tyler Hemp here, your hemp enthusiastic hemp entrepreneurialist, here to empower your hemposphere because it's important. Get out your pens and papers, boys and girls. You might want to jot some crucial dates and information down today. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Hemp Aware Radio. It's May 9th. 2017, as we're broadcasting this episode on the Upper Sacramento River and the Trinity Mountains of Northern California. You may be listening to a recorded version of this. Either way, thank you for your awareness and your time. Hemp World Radio is dedicated to putting emphasis on what's most important to you. So I love to ask, what is your dream? What is your purpose? What's your mission? What are you good at? And what are you here to do? No matter what it is that you do, we're here to encourage you to do one thing, hemp. And I sincerely want you to succeed in your business and in your life, especially with the help of hemp. Uh, And the purpose of Hemp uh, Hemp Aware Radio is to assist you to overcome the challenges of our time. And we focus on many different aspects of the hemp movement and the industry. And today is all about education and celebration and movement. Uh, to help me empower your hemposphere, I have very special guests, Nancy Metcalf, uh, marketing campaign manager for Dr. Bronner's Soaps. Uh, she not only plays a, a critical role there at Dr. Bronner's and their marketing efforts, uh, but she also plays a huge role in the success of Hemp History Week. And I believe she's been in this for many, many years and loves what she does. And we also have Lauren Burlakamp on the line. Uh, Lauren, Lauren is the former national director uh, of Hemp History Week and is also a massive contributor to the hemp and cannabis movement and is greatly involved with Dr. Bronner's marketing and communication efforts and has been very well integrated with uh, you know, helping get their message out there and also teaching about permaculture and um, you know, seed saving and uh, just preserving this earth and, and humanity. And, and so I'm really honored and, and grateful to have both of these amazing uh, women on the phone. But before we get started, if you have any challenges you're working through with hemp that you need help with, or if there's a specific topic that you'd like us to cover here on Hempware Radio, just send us an email, support at hempware.com, and we'll do our darndest to make you hempy. I, I mean happy, sorry. Uh, so anyway, welcome aboard the Hempware train, uh, Nancy. Um, and Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having us today. It's a pleasure to be on the line. Thanks, Tyler. I really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. So um, I'm not sure maybe uh, Lauren would answer this, considering you uh, were the original director of the Hemp History Week. How was it originally birthed seven years ago? Oh, so just to, to humbly um, correct the record, um, mm-hmm. So I I was I'm formerly the uh, national uh, grassroots events coordinator and I only mm-hmm. served that role for two years, um, but uh, the uh, original birthing of Hemp History Week um, actually uh, I think Nancy actually would be a better person to to answer okay. this awesome question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks, Lauren. Um, Thanks, Tyler. So, yeah, so Hemp History Week started in 2010. It uh, was an initiative of the HIA and Vote Hemp, as well as 
founding campaign sponsors, Dr. Bronner's, Living Harvest Hemp, Nature's Path Organic, and Nutiva. And the goal of this program was to put together a public education and marketing campaign to be able to distinguish industrial hemp from drug varieties of cannabis and at the same time renew strong support for the Industrial Hemp Farming Act in Washington, D.C. So over the years, this um, campaign has really grown in a few varieties of programs that we run as part of the campaign. One of those is a retail uh, component where we engage natural food retailers um, to to include education on hemp alongside the hemp products that are available in stores to really engage consumers in the market in the marketplace to show them that hemp is a healthy and delicious uh, product to incorporate into their everyday lives, not only as a food item, but also very nourishing for the skin as body care. Another aspect of the campaign is the grassroots program. So um, like all of us on the line here today are still familiar with um, the various benefits of industrial hemp and have a lot of passion for spreading that education. Hemp History Week was founded and continues to empower and uh, support individuals who are spreading that good word on hemp through an events program that we support with materials, um, our sponsors, generously send product samples as their inventory allows. And over the years, we actually have grown both the retail program and the grassroots program to have hemp represented in each of the 50 states during Hemp History Week. Um, and more than 1,500, uh, last year I think we had you know around 2,000 events nationwide happening to really get the word out. A couple other ways that we get the word out is through digital communications. So our website, HempHistoryWeek.com, is a great resource for educational materials as well as resources to host an uh, event um, yourself, um, tools to help you plan, promote, uh, have available the day of as educational materials for people who attend your event. Um, also through social media, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, a very strong presence year-round on each of those channels. And finally, uh, we really engage the media, so print, broadcast, and online news sources. And we've seen a big title change in, in the media's response to industrial hemp in the last several years that we've been running this campaign, whereas you know, for example, maybe Marie Claire or Shape, you know, would kind of laugh at us saying, no, you know, we're not going to cover hemp. You know, we're not going to cover marijuana. What are you talking about? Um, and we've done a lot to educate those news outlets to distinguish industrial hemp from drug varieties of cannabis to really show that, no, this is a mainstream product. And now those news outlets as well as many more are covering this issue. So it's been great progress. Uh, this year, Hemp History Week is June 5th through the 11th. Um, and there's still opportunity to get involved. So pop over to our website. If you have an event in mind, um, you know, sign that up and we'll be sure to help support with materials. Well, I mean, that, that was such a amazing overview of, of what you guys, where you've come from and what you've covered. And I really appreciate 
the level of clarity that you guys have provided. And ever since the beginning of, of my hemp journey, which was over 15 years ago, I've been involved with Hemp History Week every year and have had the amazing opportunity to distribute all of the, you know, food, clothing, skincare products that you, you discussed that you guys um, help, you know, bridge to these folks like myself that have hemp companies or are educators and want to get out there and, and, and provide materials to state representatives or farmers or, you know, other business owners about the benefits and the value of hemp. And what I really love and I see as a major uh, parallel or harmonization between Hemp History Week and Hemp Aware is that we've always been about the distinction between hemp and medical or recreational cannabis. And so that's such a major uh, thing that I appreciate about Hemp History Week is really making that clear line. Look, this is obviously two different things. And when we do that, I think it also reveals the truth about what the medical and, and recreational or spiritual aspect of this plant is. Those people that are doing that and Hemp History Week is representing hemp. And, and uh, Hemp Aware is representing hemp and, and that side of, of this amazing plant. Um, and all the materials are so amazing that you guys provide the, the, you know, printouts and stickers. And so if you are listening to this show and it's before, um, you know, May, what, what's the cutoff date Hemp Week uh, registration? Well, we had a soft deadline on this past Sunday, May 7th, but we definitely still have – um, you know, plenty of materials to be able to send out to event organizers. So, um, yeah, certainly the sooner that you get your event in, the better and the more support we can offer. Um, but we'll be engaging folks to sign up events through the end of May. So, yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, we have a great new events coordinator on board this year, Amber, and, um, you know, probably best first place to look is on our website to get signed up there. Also, there's a ton of resources to help you get planning, but if you have any questions that you can't get answered through the website, hemphistoryweek.com, feel free to reach out to Amber at events at hemphistoryweek.com. Awesome. So, Lauren, and I would also love to hear your answer, Nancy, what would you say would you uh, be some of the best ways to celebrate Hemp History Week if you're not like an event coordinator? What would you do? Sure, sure. So um, if you happen to be in, and this is a great question, and that, you know, in, in working and doing event coordinating with the, the program, um, you know, people are so creative and, and, you know, it's one of my favorite phrases is, um, uh, like grow where you're planted. So when people are kind of maybe feeling a little, you know, a little remiss if they're, say, in a state that doesn't yet have hemp laws um, to allow for something, uh, you know, like a, a hemp spring planting, which would be an amazing way to celebrate if you've worked really hard on, you know, on lobbying and worked really hard to, to get, you know, the, the the policy changes in your state to happen, you know, hemp a hemp spring planting is a wonderful way to celebrate, but if you're not quite there yet and you're still, you know, really trying to, um, you know, influence the, the conversation in the most positive ways possible, um, you know, if, uh, you know, and, and you, you know, planning a hemp history week event obviously is a great way to do that. And you can do like a hemp film screening, a hemp cooking class, um, or participate in a hemp cream demo. But even if 
you know, the hemp community where you're at isn't quite there to support events like that, um, you know, even just finding a way to share hemp with a friend, um, you know, making hemp, you know, a hemp recipe in your own kitchen, like hemp pesto, it's a really great spring recipe, um, spring and summer recipe, um, you know, using different herbs from your garden along with the hemp seeds, the hemp hearts um, to make uh, and some hemp oil to make some hemp uh hemp pesto or um, any other variety of hemp recipes that are out there. We do have some on our website. Um, but then uh, people can also, you know, take matters into their own hands and, and call legislators. Um, you know, aside from just reaching out, um, you know, on a state level, uh, people nationwide can take action with vote hemp and call your legislators. I mean, I know their phones are ringing off the hook for any number of reasons these days. Um, but, uh, you know, making sure that, um, you know, the, these public servants know that, um, you know, their constituents are concerned about the, the passage of the Industrial Hemp Farming Act and that we want sensible hemp policy at the federal level um, to fully remove um, the plant from uh, the schedule of controlled substances. Um, and uh, and also just, you know, in sharing the hemp education um, with friends and family and just, you know, having you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations or maybe having, you know, a group of friends over or something like that to, you know, to watch a movie or have or participate in some some activity. We do some some artwork on some, you know, to to bring light to, to the conversation. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really – there's there's any number of possibilities for the ways that people can, can get involved and, and celebrate and really, yeah. you know, just – highlight the fact that, you know, at least one week out of the year, you know, we're, we can bring, bring this conversation to, to the forefront and let people know how we feel about it. Absolutely. What great suggestions. I'm totally excited. One of the things I've done, which I've been like you, I'm sure you two have maybe got your hands in the, in the soil a little bit more and getting your feet dirty. I, I love doing that. I just haven't had you know, the opportunity to be a farmer or put seeds in the ground. I've been more on the front lines of education and marketing and things of that nature. But, you know, and I started out with lobbying and getting signatures and, um, you know, kind of have evolved to different levels of, of engagement with this community. And there are so many levels that you can approach this, um, you know, solution for humanity. And uh, so thank you so much for that answer. Um, did you want to uh, comment on that as well, Nancy? Sure, I just have a couple comments to add on, but yeah, agreed, those are all really good ways to engage, and a couple opportunities that are part of Hemp History Week through social media um, include the Twitter party that we kick off mm -hmm. the campaign with every year, so mark your calendars for June 5th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll be creating a big storm on Twitter with a lot of experts in the industry answering questions about hemp technology, hemp nutrition, you know, what's new on the policy side of things and so forth. So that's, that's a really fun. fun way to engage. We also do some giveaways for those who are the most active during the live tweet hour. So yeah, if you want some free hemp swag, we have a lot of great brands that donate, um, you know, really nice hemp products to be part of that giveaway. Um, as Lauren mentioned, taking, no, uh, taking action through Vote Hemp 
That's another um, giveaway opportunity that Hemp History Week supports to help drive action through Vote Hemp. So be sure you take action between June 1st and 15th. You know, of course, any time of year is great to engage through Vote Hemp, but in that June 1st through 15th window, we are doing another giveaway of hemp product from Hemp History Week sponsors to a lucky 10 randomly selected participants. And finally, if you're not hosting an event in your area but want to find one to attend, then we have a full event listing on the Hemp History Week website. So check that out and find something in your area. Fantastic. Yes, I've already registered our event up in Weed, California, of all places. And we had a, a successful one there last year. We've actually been really, I, I think, doing a great job of educating and raising awareness to uh, not only the current mayor of Weed, uh, California, but the prior one. They're both very much on board with industrial hemp. And um, in fact, the town of Weed was named after Abner Weed. And Abner was a lumber uh, lumberjack, lumber. He owned all these lumber mills. And that's um, actually what Weed got its name after, Abner. Um, but William Randolph Hearst actually um, owned a castle just about 20 minutes from Weed, California. So it's ironic that we're also reviving what, you know, Hearst kind of squelched many, many years ago with all his cronies. Uh, so that's pretty exactly. exciting. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Those are such great answers. Um, the next section of our, our show today is more about the history of hemp, considering that's really what we're celebrating, but also that we're making history. Um, you know, by, by getting out there and communicating our, our visions and our, our purposes and harmonizing that with the support of hemp. And so whether you're a business owner or, you know, a musician or a store owner or um, a representative, there is one thing that you can do with hemp. And so Hemp History Week provides so many resources. Um, but with regard to the historical facts, what are some of your favorite uh, facts, um, you two, uh, whichever one of you'd like to go first? about hemp. Sure, I'll let Lauren share the first one. I think we're going to kind of popcorn this section back and forth. <laughs> okay, great. Sure, yeah. Um, well, the, um, the, with regards to just the, you know, the plant itself and the, um, you know, its utility, um, I think it's super fascinating that the uh, you know, first law of um, kind of the you know the new the new world as it were of North America, uh, 1619 required um, uh, the the settlers to grow uh, hemp plants because it could feed them, clothe them, and shelter them. Um, and uh, the you know with regards to uh, you know how they you know were able to to you know, make it in, in the new world, they were able to, you know, use, use that. So the fact that it was the law, you know, it was directed for them to grow the plants. I think that's super fascinating. That is very fascinating. Along those lines, pioneers who were traveling across the country for better or worse traveled in canvas covered wagons. And that term canvas actually comes from the word cannabis. So they were traveling in cannabis-covered wagons. Um, similarly, it was because of the cannabis sales on ships that were uh, allowed us 
to even get from Europe to the Americas in the first place because it, you know, anecdotally was the strongest fiber that it, it was the only one that could withstand the passage across the Atlantic. Um, along mm-hmm. these same lines, uh, canvas in terms of artwork. So people were painting on cannabis. And also the oils used for the paint were made out of cannabis. So, um, yeah, definitely very deep roots in all of our history. Most certainly. I'm going to get a little bit mystical for a moment on uh, some hemp history that I've acquired over the years. And I I would challenge anybody to, you know, look into the validity of this. But one of my mentors, Michael M. with DigitalHemp.com, showed me that in our history, we can uh, um, show that the Dogon tribe of, of um, I think it's West Africa, um, apparently claims that the cannabis plant comes from the star system Sirius. And ironically, the, the, the um, star system Sirius or the star Sirius, uh, the Sirius A and B, it's in the constellation of Canis Major. And so Canis Major comes from you know, cannabis comes from Canis Major in Sirius, and Sirius has A and B, which is known as the two dog star. It's the two dog star. So cannabis, the word canna comes from canine or you know canna, and then bis, as in as in a binary system, bis or bi, bi, meaning A and B. So cannabis is the two dog plant, which comes from the two dog star. It's very cool. Wow. <laughs> to kind of um, maybe to add to some of the the fun like mystic uh, you know ideas around cannabis. Um, uh, there is um, some really kind of beautiful sacred math to the plant, um, uh, and there. The one of the innovations um, with hemp that maybe we'll get to we get to talk about some more of them uh, a little bit in, later in the show um, is that when you're combusting hemp, um, the so one of the, the these incredible innovations is that they're they're taking combusted hemp and the the leftover material. From combusting hemp, they're able to layer into nano sheets, and these nano sheets are then compressed together to make supercapacitor batteries to actually hold energy. And if you look at these uh, shapes under, or at this material underneath a microscope, it has some very um, beautiful uh, um, kind of hexagonal uh, uh, structure to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So it's um it's fascinating just to kind of see how how that yeah, kind of correlates the... out to other patterns mm-hmm. in nature that are found in the universe. So most certainly, most certainly. Um, some but, of the and, more yeah. yeah, some of the more recent history that we're excited about mm-hmm. um, include you know on on I think it's safe to say that a lot of hempsters are also activists. So back in 2000, what did we say? Oh, back in 2009, um, hemp farmers and advocates 
took a civil dis an act of civil disobedience to make their point in terms of hemp not being a drug, not um, you know needing to be removed from the Controlled Substances Act. So they were actually arrested for planting hemp seed non, yeah, on the DEA lawn. Non-violent non act of, of non-violent uh, act of obedience. Uh, just wanted to add that, like a peaceful one. Yes, yeah. And similarly, in 2012, David Bronner, who's the CEO of Dr. Bronner's, the Cosmic Engagement Officer for Dr. Bronner's, um, he was again arrested in an act of nonviolent civil disobedience um, to make a point on industrial hemp and uh, related to Dr. Bronner's use of hemp oil in our body care products. So he um, locked himself in a cage in front of the White House with a nice sign uh, directed towards President Obama, calling on President Obama to uh, pass the Industrial Hemp Farming Act. And meanwhile, David was pressing hemp oil um, from a hemp plant, from the hemp seed in front of the White House. So uh, another really interesting and exciting and engaging way to make history, get on the record that this plant is just like any other plant and, and we deserve a right to be growing it. Absolutely. That's so fascinating. Like with with like the history being made there of like the fact that, you know, people are getting arrested for, you know, being on federal property with the plant. Um, one of uh the kind of fun recent hemp history things that were that was uncovered was that um, you know a hundred years ago the chief botanist Leicester Dewey of the USDA was actually growing different varieties of hemp where the Pentagon sits today, and with those trials that he did and with those research trials he was able to demonstrate that uh, hemp is uh, an acre of hemp produces uh, four times the pulp. Um, uh, necessary for making paper than an acre of trees that's growing within the same time frame. So with that, you know, kind of understanding that, that you know, the science behind that, you know, it's, it's sequestering four times the carbon, it's uh, converting four times, you know, the oxygen um, with the, the amount of biomass that it ends up producing uh, within an acre. And those journals um, were also just recently discovered um, and we're in care of the HIA. So the fact that it was on federal property, it was being grown on federal property, you know, so cool. 100 years ago is just, you know, kind of a wild thing to, to realize about all of it. It really is. That's so cool. Um, so we, we have about three minutes left, and that segues into my final question, which is, you know, in addition to Bronner's and Leicester Dewey, some of these, you know, historical leaders, who are some of today's leaders uh, and, and inspirational activists out there that are representing uh, and, and sponsoring uh, the hemp movement? Yeah, good question. I would say first and foremost, the campaign wouldn't be possible without the leadership of all of the hemp activists on the ground that are hosting events, are throughout the year educating their communities, putting pressure on policymakers to move all of this progress forward. And in the same token, we're exceedingly grateful to have the leadership of the Hemp Industries Association and Vote Hemp 
to help carve out the message and get clear on focal points of where pressure needs to be put to exact policy change. And in the same token, again, none of this would be possible without the generous support by our campaign sponsors. And as I've noted, the campaign's grown year after year. This year, our sponsors include, once again, Dr. Bronner's, Living Harvest Tempt, Manitoba Harvest, Nature's Path Organic, Nutiva, Pacific Foods, plus CBD Oil, Farmer Direct Co-op, Onnit, Tree Free Hemp Company, Charlotte's Web Hemp, Evo Hemp, and Lady Jane Gourmet Seed Company. So there's others that support us through the media, through, um, you know, helping us create great materials. So many thanks to all of those who I didn't mention at this time. Um, and, yeah, many thanks to you, Tyler, for having us on the show to help us get the word out about this great campaign and how people can get involved. My pleasure. It's been so fun. Thank you both for being here. This is your Hemptrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp with Hemp Aware Radio. We're here to empower your hemposphere, focus on what's most important, and put emphasis on that. It's all about your dreams, your mission, your purpose, and doing one thing with hemp. So no matter what it is that you do, check out hempaware.com. Do one thing, hemp and empower the world today. Thanks so much, everybody. And thank you both again. I look forward to empowering the world uh, and seeing you guys in some hemp fields this season. Thanks, Tyler. Sounds good. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Peace out, everyone. Blessings. Peace. Peace.